I am constantly on the go, and I've been looking for a way to stay healthy, and I'll be hearing my friends all over talk about Field of Greens, and now I know why. It is unlike any of the other superfoods out there because it uses real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. Packed with antioxidants, this supports your immune system, heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, plus it is pre and probiotic. Field of Greens is packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, and it is super easy to add to your morning routine. No mixing and matching horse pills, no nasty gummies, gimmicks. One scoop in a glass of water, stir, you're done. Here's the best part. It tastes great. It comes multiple flavors. So you go, here's the website, BrickHousePoso.com, all one word, and get 15% off your first order with the promo code POSO at the checkout. They have a whole line of amazing products to help you live up to your full potential, so check them out today. BrickHousePoso.com, BrickHousePoso.com, promo code POSO, Field of Greens. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories, a Texas synagogue jihadist was known to UK authorities as it's coming out. We are going to get into this because the media is not covering the story. Second, Chuck Todd is savaging President Biden over his failing presidency as liberal media cut bait. Third, new poll is out at Erasmussen. Democratic voters support harsh measures against the unvaccinated. And finally, states are investigating a surge in mortality rate among 18 to 49 year olds. It's very mysterious. And the majority is unrelated to COVID-19. All of this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Well, the FBI has identified the Texas synagogue shooter as 44-year-old Malik Faisal Akram, originally from Blackburn, England. However, there's some very interesting details about this situation that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. In fact, this attack, and that's what it was, it was a terrorist attack, is not being discussed in most mainstream media to begin with at all. In fact, the fact of the matter is that you had a situation where a foreign terrorist came into the United States from overseas with the express purpose of targeting this synagogue, of targeting this group of people for a terrorist action where he's calling for the release of this prisoner, Lady Al-Qaeda, Aifia Siddiqui, and they wanted to die together in a siege, according to him. And yet somehow the FBI missed all of this. We're also told, by the way, because in an interview, President Biden let slip the fact that they're going to have to stop giving tactical interviews to this guy because he's letting actual tactical and operational information be released, that this terrorist, Malik Faisal Akram, somehow obtained an illegal firearm after only being in the United States for several days. So we're told that Akram arrived in New York City on January 2nd before spending a week at a Dallas homeless shelter in a week before the attack. Two teenagers from Manchester in the UK have been arrested in connection with the incident and remain in custody. But here is the bombshell. The terror suspect was known to UK authorities and may have been part of a wider terror cell. It has emerged that Malik Faisal Akram was branded a menace in court 
for raving about the attacks on the World Trade Center in 2001, 9-11. This is from the Daily Mail. The terror suspect was given a rare exclusion order at the Blackburn Magistrates Court for the first time in 24 years for abusing staff about 9-11. So the question is, why is it that somebody like this was allowed to waltz into the United States? This guy's brother, Gobar, demanded how his brother Malik was allowed to come into the United States and claims that his brother had an extensive criminal record. What is going on with our border security? What is going on with our airports? Why is it that the FBI, I guess the problem is that this attack on the synagogue, right, that this terrorist attack didn't take place on January 6th, because of course January 6th is the only date that's allowed for terrorist attacks to take place. So if you'd done it on January 6th, and if he'd been wearing a red hat with white lettering on it, then the FBI would have been all over this guy. But because he didn't have any of the outward signs of terrorism, right, the domestic terrorist unit that the DOJ and Merrick Garland are setting up, well, this guy just, oh, he just slipped through the cracks. Go back a second here, ladies and gentlemen. This is shaping up to be a situation for which the entire stated purpose of our national security state is supposed to prevent. The millions and millions of dollars that are spent every year on our security, the National, the National Counterterrorism Center, the NCTC, CIA, FBI, DHS, TSA, all of these major components of our national security, the no-fly list. So your grandma who clicks the wrong link on Facebook can make it onto the no-fly list, but this guy who comes over in a pre-planned terror operation. And if you believe, if you honestly believe this guy acted alone, that he didn't have support in the UK and support in the US, explain to me how he's able to exploit our homeless shelters in Queens, New York, and then Dallas, Texas, able to travel halfway across the country, obtain firearms, illegally in the United States, which is something that President Biden let slip, because you notice the FBI didn't mention that, it was Biden. It was President Biden who said that, well, I, uh, I shouldn't take too much information about this. You know, oh, I, you know, suddenly when it's not Kyle Rittenhouse, so Kyle Rittenhouse is a Nazi with no, uh, no information whatsoever. President Biden doesn't care about labeling him a Nazi and a white supremacist with no background, no information, no evidence, but this guy, who we have tons of evidence of, we're told, well, we're not really sure what his motive was. And the FBI initially had even said that they didn't think that he specifically targeted the Jewish community, even though he held a rabbi hostage and four members of the congregation for 10 hours in a synagogue outside of Dallas, which is near to where Lady Al-Qaeda is held in prison. This has all the hallmarks of a planned operational terror cell between the US and the UK. Every single one of them dropped the ball. Why? Because they're not focused on actual terrorism. You ever notice that they never seem to be able to stop one of these things, even when the person was always, every single time we find this, they were known to law enforcement, known to national security. What is going on? We need to get to the bottom of it. Boy, Chuck Todd on MSNBC really just excoriating President Biden on this. Listen, listen to this. For President, and what do you guys understand? What do you understand? This is coming from the left of the left, but Chuck Dodd, as, for as, as dour and boring and dull and uncharismatic as this guy is, 
I mean, it doesn't even, I mean, it just, it just doesn't look like someone you'd want to see on TV. Like, I, every time I look at this guy and I see a clip from him, I'm like, why do people watch this show? I mean, he just, I don't know. He's not exactly a handsome guy. Uh, what can I say? Uh, but he is the mouthpiece of the establishment. And so when you hear Chuck Todd say something, you have to pay attention. That's why it's very important to listen to this. Chuck Todd. For President Biden, the plan was that COVID would be defeated, the economy would recover, and that he would be able to deliver a return to normalcy, but plans have a way of going sideways. A year into Mr. Biden's presidency, unemployment is down. Biden president. Un uh, wages are up, but inflation is also up to a 40-year high. Infrastructure and COVID relief bills were passed, but Build Back Better is stuck in a neutral. And most importantly, though vaccines are available and effective, uh, again, quoting from Chuck Todd, Delta and Omicron have dealt a one-two punch to the economy, the supply chain, and that promised return to normalcy. And on the Thursday that the Supreme Court blocked Biden's uh, vaccine mandate for large businesses, perhaps taking away the last tool in his toolbox for COVID. On the same day, Biden's last minute push for voting rights was dealt a fatal blow. It was quite the exclamation point on a terrible week. And you see this across the media. Listen to this. Michael Luciano, uh, Jake Tapper, at least his new puppy hasn't bitten him yet that we know of. Of course, Jake Tapper, uh, someone who's very, very supportive of left-wing candidates, left-wing causes, until one of them provides him a situation where he can act a little bit as if he's not completely in the tank for the left. But Jake Tapper, we know what you're up to. We see it. We've seen this type of scam before. We know that you're a con artist. Very good. It's called, it's called a confidence game, con game. Donnie Deutsch pans Biden on MSNBC. He doesn't feel inspirational. He doesn't feel in command. Mike Allen from Axios, the founder of Politico, the founder of Axios, Biden's epic failures, co-written by Jim Vanderhigh. CNN's John Berman, Biden is on a very big losing streak. Even Saturday Night Live, the left of the left on Saturday Night Live, Mocking Joe Biden's pandemic failures, President Biden, stop seeing Spider-Man. They're joking that he's seen Spider-Man one too many times. So what's going on here? All right. We know that the midterm elections are coming up. And we know that more than likely, it seems as though Biden's party is about to lose Congress, both the House and the Senate. Remember, the Senate right now is only 50-50 to begin with. So you only need to pick up one seat and then the Senate flips. Now the House, there is a stronger majority there, but it seems that all the writing on the board and specifically if you look at what's going on in Washington DC and people that I've spoken to, they are making plans for Congressman Kevin McCarthy to become the next Speaker of the House. And that Nancy Pelosi will, for the second time, Speaker Pelosi will be reverted back to just Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi. And that question that's still out there is, is she actually going to stand for reelection? And so that's been quite a question uh, for California politics, certainly. Now, of course, were she to step down in the middle of a term, Governor Gavin Newsom, Democrat, would then be able to appoint her replacement. So you would have a situation there where that seat, you know, there, it's not gonna be a competitive seat anyway because of the way that, that district is drawn. And so what you're really seeing is a massive pivot from the mainstream media in the wake of the first year of the Biden administration for them to turn away from this. But I've also said that is why it's very dangerous 
the phase that we're going into now with this administration because they are like a cornered animal. And when an animal is cornered, they are at their most dangerous. You're now in a situation where they are looking to Ukraine as a distraction and as a way to deflect from the massive domestic policy failures. The inflation, the supply chain crisis, the bare shelves across the country, by the way. Even my own wife. My own wife goes out to buy produce, some fresh meat for the family. Can't get it. Can't find it on the shelves here in the DC area. Why? The supply chain, I mean, think about it, right? It's very simple. It's actually very simple. Like, it's just basic, right? When, you, when the government floods the market with free dollars, with free money, free currency, right? And launches all of these stimulus plans at the same time that you contract your supply chains in terms of workers and, and slapping regulations on them with vaccine mandates, what happens? It's called hyperinflation. Too many dollars chasing too few goods. This is actually like, I'm not even an economics guy, but this is just really, really basic. I mean, this is Venezuela stuff. This is Weimar Republic stuff. These are things that should have been, so they are going to look to Ukraine and we're gonna get into all that tomorrow. Jonathan Finer, Jake Sherman, Tony Blinken, and of course, Victoria Nuland, who are looking to exacerbate the tensions in Ukraine to create a crisis to deflect from what's going on here at home. Well, if you haven't heard the news from over the weekend, Mike Lindell is being banned from his bank. They are canceling their relationship with him and for his various charity and business organizations uh, that he had with a bank, the Minnesota Bank and Trust, that is affiliated with the their subsidiary of the Heartland uh, Financial. Now, this is a situation, ladies and gentlemen, this strikes to the heart that I would say of everything that it means to be an American. Now, former President Trump was giving a rally in Arizona last weekend, and he talked about this. He talked about AT&T canceling OAN over their politics, and he talked about Mike Lindell being canceled financially over his politics. It's time for economic warfare. That's why we're dropping AT&T if you have it, and we're also going in and we're gonna support MyPillow.com. And if you wanna get a great deal, you use promo code POSO. Now is the time to take a stand. It is economic warfare now. We are gonna stop giving our dollars to people who hate us, and we are gonna start giving dollars, our families' hard-earned dollars, to people who have our backs, who share our values, who share our beliefs, and who believe in this nation. MyPillow.com, promo code POSO. Economic warfare, exercise your agency. Next story, Rasmussen reports, COVID-19 Democratic voters support harsh measures against the unvaccinated. Yes, that's right. While many voters have become skeptical toward the federal government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, a majority of Democrats embrace restrictive policies, including punitive measures against those who haven't gotten the COVID-19 vaccine. 48% of voters, 48% of voters favor these situations. However, 48% are opposed to Biden's vaccine mandate, including 40% who strongly oppose, all right? By the way, Dr. Fauci, not doing so well, 28%, only 28% have a very favorable impression of him. However, 48% have an unfavorable impression and 34% very unfavorable, okay? 
But let's dig down into what this is actually saying when it comes to the situation in terms of this. 59% of Democratic voters would favor a government policy that requires citizens remain confined to their homes at all times, except for emergencies if they refuse to get a COVID-19 vaccine. This proposal would be opposed by 61% of all likely voters, and yet 59% of Democratic voters favor it. Nearly half, 48% of Democratic voters, think that federal and state governments should be able to fine or imprison individuals imprison individuals who publicly question the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines on social media, television, radio, or online or digital publications. But listen to this, listen to this. 45% of Democrats would favor governments requiring citizens to temporarily live in designed designated facilities or locations if they refuse to get a COVID-19 vaccine. This is, I mean, what's going on? Look, I, I understand if people are out there saying they want an end to COVID-19 and they've seen, you know, they watch CNN or they watch MSNBC and they say, you know what? You know, they, they think that the vaccines are the way out and the vaccines are the way to stop it. But imprisoning people, putting people under house arrest, banning them from freedom of speech, Take a step back. And by the way, in the same polls here, it shows that conservatives and independents completely oppose these things, right? So conservatives, of course, oppose them, but independents also oppose all of these measures because they're un-American. And that's what we're talking about here. We've lost sight. And this is what Dr. Malone and Dr. Matias Desmond were talking about when it comes to mass formation psychosis, crowd psychology, behavioral science, these, essentially what they're talking about is these policies and tactics used for fear mongering to enable people to accept things and even in some cases demand things that they wouldn't otherwise normally consider, imprisoning their fellow citizens for having a different opinion than them, banning them for refusing to undergo a medical procedure that they demand others take. Take a step back and look at yourselves, please. Now, this is one of those stories where it had been circulating a little bit. Some people had mentioned it to me and I said, I wasn't really sure what was going on. So can someone lay it out for me? And Epoch Times, as usual, and the great Peter Sfarb over there have done a fantastic job in terms of this. And they've got the receipts and I love, love, love when we have the receipts. Because here at Human Events Daily, that is what we do. We deal in receipts, day in, day out. Here's the headline, Epoch Times. States are investigating a surge in mortality rate among 18 to 49 year olds where, and this is the kicker, the majority is unrelated to COVID-19. Health departments in several states confirmed to the Epoch Times that they are looking into a steep surge in the mortality rate for people aged 18 to 49 in 2021, and a majority of which are not linked, not linked to COVID-19, right? So of course we understand that the mortality rate is gonna be up for COVID-19, but what's going up with the surge in mortality that's not related to COVID-19? More than 40% increase in the 12 months ending October 2021. So we're already several months past that now. We're into January of 2022, as we've got four months there 
of more data to deal with compared to the same period in 2018-2019, according to an analysis by the Epoch Times of death certificate data from the seed. So they're using CDC data here. Now, this differed greatly from state to state, but with the most dramatic increase in young to middle-aged deaths in the South, the Midwest, and the West Coast, while the Northeastern states generally saw much milder spikes, yet also saw increases. Public health authorities in several states with some of the largest increases are examining, examining the issue. In Texas, the 18 to 49 mortality jumped 61%, where less than 58 of that was attributed to COVID-19. According to Chris Van Dousen, the head of media relations at the Texas Department of State Health Services, our Center of Health Statistics is looking at the data and we will get back to you. Florida saw a 51% increase and only 48% of that was attributed to COVID-19. They're also probing the matter. So that means 52% of Florida's increase was not from COVID-19. I'm looking into it to see if there's any sort of correlation or causation, said Jeremy Redfern from the Florida Department of Health. And you're seeing this across the country. By the way, by the way, the District of Columbia, listen to this one. The District of Columbia experienced an increase of 72%, none of which was attributed to COVID-19. Robert Mayfield, spokesman for the DC's Health Authority, referred the Epoch Times to the district's Office of Chief Medical Examiner, which suggested it lacked the expertise to analyze the phenomenon. Arizona, 57% increase, um, and you're seeing this throughout the country, all of these places. Now, part of the surge, uh, and this is from Epoch Times, could likely be blamed on drug overdoses, which increased to more than 101,000 in the 12 months ending June 2021 and from about 72,000 in 2019. This, of course, is coming from synthetic opioids, most predominantly fentanyl, where they're often smuggled into the United States from China via Mexico. The mortality uh, rate from 50 to 84 increased 27%. So basically, here's what's going on. Something is causing all of these massive spikes in this age range, 18 to 49, young to middle-aged, and it's not COVID-19. Is it related to fentanyl? Is it related to the lockdowns? Now, certainly we also know, by the way, that the homicide rate in every single major American city is going up exponentially, record levels. Now, there's only one thing we hear about on air, and that's the pandemic. So we should talk about that and the CCP's involvement, but we should also be talking about what is killing all these Americans. Once again, thank you for your support in this audience. My motto to you, be good, be brief, be gone. That is what we do here at Human Events Daily every single day. Leave us your five-star review. Go and share this with one of your normie friends. But before we go, I'd like to read you an excerpt from NPR for today's Moment of History. The FBI campaign against Martin Luther King began with wiretaps and quickly ballooned. When wiretaps revealed that King was having an extra matter to affair, the FBI shifted their focus to uncover all evidence of his infidelity by bugging and tapping his hotel rooms, by paying informants to spy on him, and eventually the FBI penned and sent Martin Luther King Jr. an anonymous letter along with some of their tapes suggesting that he should kill himself. Again, that is a direct quote from NPR. So understand, today, Martin Luther King Day, that the FBI has always been like this. There was no storied and positive past of the FBI. This is who they've always been. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.